Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Butterfly Talk. This is the monthly radio show slash podcast that focuses on education about epidermal lysis bullosa, understanding, support, and encouragement tips, and general information regarding advocacy and the need for awareness. All about EB, basically. My name is Sylvia. I'm your host, and I'm also an EB mom. My son, Nikki, is 18 years old and has the recessive dystrophic form of EB. Today's guest is, well, me. This is a really crazy month um, for me. There's all kinds of stuff going on, weddings, vacations, trips, all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, surgeries, we got surgery next week, I'm going crazy. So I decided to keep it simple, and I figured I have some things I can talk about, um, and so I'll go ahead and talk about that. And uh, as everybody knows, or maybe not, um, my goal since Nikki was born is to raise awareness for EB, mainly because there was none. There was nothing going on. And um, and so that's when I started. Um, first, I used to join um, support groups, but then I created my own, um, and I created the EB Info World website when Nikki was just a toddler. And that's when I started writing my book. I wrote it, started writing it back then, and I started writing it because there was just no information out there. So let me tell you a little bit about my book. Uh, it's called Butterfly Child, A Mother's Journey, and it starts um, uh, with the unthinkable. Um, just before my 30th birthday, and when I found out I was pregnant with my first baby, and um, I was I wanted a baby so bad it wasn't even funny. All my friends were mothers already, and uh, I really enjoyed that pregnancy a lot. Um, and it wasn't until uh, the day before he was due that I started getting slightly worried. Of course, I never thought he had died inside of me, but it's a whole other story. Um, the day he was due, which was February twenty sixth, nineteen ninety five. I could not feel him move inside at all, and I didn't know what was going on. Um, I couldn't get him to move uh, no matter what, and the next day we found out he had died inside of me, and that was just probably the most horrible thing that had ever happened to me. And till this day, I think that was one of those days in my life that I will never, I remember every moment and every minute because it was just so horrendous. Um but anyway, going forward from that, um, I had got pregnant again, and I had a miscarriage. And at that point, I felt awful. I felt like I was going to die. I honestly couldn't, you know, now I know why people commit suicide, because I was there. I just never could go through with it, because I lost a child. I know how devastating that is. And I couldn't do that to my parents. I, I never could. I just adore my parents. I couldn't give them that pain. So then I moved forward. I tried to get better. And um, just after um, Alex's first birthday, I found out I was pregnant again. This was on Easter Day, 1996. And that pregnancy was not, you know, unicorns and rainbows, like I said in my video for the book. Not at all. I was just like kind of... Every day was a new day. I didn't know if I was going to make it or whatever. And then when he was born, at first, everything seemed fine. 
and then he started blistering all over the place. Of course, I had no idea because I hadn't seen I hadn't seen him. Um, there was mentioning blisters and stuff. I had no idea what they were talking about. Dermatologist came in and came into my room and told me that he most likely had EB. And of course, before he said that, tested him. They told me he probably had, you know, a staph infection or you know all of those other fun things that you know that. Um, they tell you he might have, but then he did the pencil eraser test and found out he had EB, and it was about a month later they found out he had recessive dystrophic EB. And, of course, you know, at first I didn't even realize, you know, how bad it was going to be. I thought, okay, well, he blisters, whatever, we'll heal it, we'll bandage it, whatever we have to do. But Nikki, unfortunately, had a rather severe form. Of course, at the time I had no idea of of the different forms of EB, I, I had no no clue while I was still in the hospital. It wasn't until later that I started researching it and find out there's so many different types of EB, and Nikki is one of the more severe forms, and his skin is just beyond fragile. And so for 18 years now, and we're, of course our life is moving forward, um, all I could do was keep him alive, and I encountered a lot of obstacles in the way. And I talk, most of my book is about those obstacles. Um, Doctors, um, I had great doctors and I had awful doctors. I encountered people that really couldn't care less and people that were very caring. I mean, everything you could imagine had happened to me and to him, uh, trying to take care of him. And um, I learned a lot, let's put it that way, about the healthcare system in America. And so, anyway... Uh, that's pretty much the book, and on the book I also talk about my husband's um, strokes and how hard that was to deal with that, as long, you know, with my son. And, um, and of course, um, when I had Connor that was healthy and how I couldn't believe he was born healthy. Still to this day, I go in the morning and he wakes up and he comes and gives me a kiss, and I hold him like, I can't believe he's healthy. <laughs> I guess, you know, when you go through one child dies, another miscarried, and then your kid with EB all this time, and to have a healthy kid, it seems like such a far-fetched thing. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, now, there are some questions I asked online if people had any questions about, for me, about the book itself or about other things that I've done over the years. And uh, I can I put them up here on my list, and I'm going to go through one by one. Um, one question was about um, how hard was it to find information on how to care for him. And that was, yeah, that was probably one of the most hard to find because EB is really rare. And back in 1996 when he was born, of course, the Internet is what it was. There was nothing going on the Internet. I mean, it was just an infancy back then. And um that was like a trial and error, and it still is to some extent, but um, finding other parents was was the thing back then. Um, It still is also, but there's a lot more information online now. The doctors are a bit more knowledgeable. Um, We can find out which doctors to talk to and et cetera. So that was definitely a hard one. Um, uh, What do we need to know about RDEB or EB in general? Well, we need to know, number one, uh, EB is a genetic disorder. I 
a lot of people tell me, oh, it's an immune disorder, so it can be treated with this and that and the other. It's not an immune disorder. This is a genetic disorder. It's either inherited um, uh, recessively or dominantly. Dominantly means that if one of the parents is um, has the condition, that means it has a 50-50 chance of giving it to their child. And the two forms that are dominant are simplex and dominant dystrophic. All the other forms of EB, and these are all the forms of junctional and recessive dystrophic, are inherited recessively, which means that both parents are carriers. And by carriers, I mean one of the two skin genes, the skin gene that is recessive, is has EZB, and the baby unfortunately only inherits, inherits the two recessive genes, and so that's the only way it shows up. That's why it's so rare. Recessive dystrophic, uh, the latest figures showed 600 patients in the whole country, so that's not a very common thing. And furthermore, um, Niki has uh, the halopiostemus, um, uh for subform of recessive dystrophic, and that's even more rare. Um, and I did my, I did a lot of research on the subject, and there's about maybe a little bit over 100, 120, 130 maybe patients nationwide with that form of EB, so two per state basically. So that's just really rare. So you can imagine trying to find information or trying to find a knowledgeable doctor was just you know a needle in a haystack. So that's that. Now, next question. Um, when and why I started the EB Info World website? Well, I at first it was just a portion of my website. When Nikki was little, uh, my husband had brought home a, a, pro, um, a program called Microsoft Front Page and just to play around with. And so I made my own website, and on one page I wrote about EB, and then I started, anytime I found more information, I would add on to it. And then it got to be so big, and I said, well, let me give it its own domain because this is getting ridiculous. I have putting so much information here. And that's where it started. And, uh, of course, it's been, you know, I, well, I think I started it in 97, I want to say. So it's been, you know, 18 years. And, uh, of course, now it has a Facebook page, and I usually – now I mostly post on the Facebook page, the website. Um, if I find any more info, I put it on there, but it's not very common nowadays. I usually just post the news on the Facebook page. I make graphics. Um, I do all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and I enjoy it, and I try to post the news. I go in every morning. If I'm home, um, a lot of mornings I'm stuck running errands or whatever, but if I'm home in the morning, that's one of the things I do. I go look for news. Um, and then if I find something, then I post it. And um, and that's that's what I do. Now, somebody else was asking if anyone was working on a cure. Well, a cure. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, research out there. There was no research going on when Nikki was little at all. Now there's a lot of research, um, thanks to... Um, EBMRF, and now the EB Partnership, of course, and um, and of course Deborah and some of the other um, Deborah organizations worldwide, especially Deborah UK and Deborah International. There's a lot of stuff going on. They have um, the skin grafts. They have the bone marrow transplants in Minnesota. There's um, 
there's some new clinical trials from Fibrocell, and there's um, stuff that USC is working on, Dr. Woodley. There's a lot of things going on. Um, I wouldn't say there's a cure yet, but we're getting close. Um, and so hopefully my hope, and I dare to hope, there's going to be a cure in time you know, for Nikki. So that's what I do. I dare to hope. Um, another question was uh, about my other books. Okay, so I have three other books besides Butterfly Child, and they're all aimed at raising awareness for EBE. I, I don't do anything else, but it has to be about EBE because my life has been completely derailed by EBE. And a lot of people say, well, EBE doesn't affect me that much. EBE affects not only Nikki, a great deal. I mean, he can't, his life is completely um, you know, completely affected by EB, and in turn, our whole family is affected by it. And so I feel like I need to do something. I feel like I need to be able to uh, make a dent in EB awareness. I wish I was a celebrity. I wish my last name was Kardashian or or Spelling or, you know, somebody, but it's not. And so I try. That's all, that's all I can say. I try. My other books are, my first one was Special Mommy Chronicles, and it was basically a special need column that I wrote for the uh, a publication in Ohio. And uh, and once I basically stopped doing that, I turned all those columns in a book, and that's my Special Mommy Chronicles. Then the second book I did to raise funds for EBAN. Um, and that's Living with Epidermolysis Bullosa, which I recently, like, I reworked uh, a little bit and re- re- resubmitted, republished the second version. And it's basically a, com- uh, a compilation of stories about people living with EB, all the forms of EB, um, parents, patients, caregivers, nurses, whatever. And if they had a story, I'd accepted it. And so it's actually a pretty cool book. I really like it. And uh, if I should say so myself... Now, at the time that I published it, the money went to EBAN, which is the Epidermolysis Bullosa um, Action Network, which I was part of with Maribeth. But since its demise, because we don't have time to run an organization, that's why people with time need to be able to do this stuff. Now it just goes to EBAN for world, basically. Um, it, it's, uh, it's not free to run the website, and so that basically helps me pay for all the costs associated with that. And then I have Losing Alex. Now, Losing Alex is basically the first few chapters of Butterfly Child. And I did that because um, I felt as a story it stood on its own. Um, as a story, I felt it really, I really said everything that I could possibly say about what it feels like to lose a baby. And, um, Plus, I wanted to have a small book, and that's like maybe just 80 pages, but it's, there's still a lot. There's a lot of content in it. I wanted to be able to help other moms, um, other uh, because this is not a rare thing. Um, people think having a stillborn baby is rare. Uh, there's 100 babies that are stillborn in the U.S. every day. Every single day, 100 babies are stillborn. So I wanted to basically pay it forward a little bit. And so every now and again, I offer it for free for download for the Kindle. And I also have it as uh, I donated a lot of copies um, to different hospitals. Um, uh, And that's basically the first two or three uh, chapters of Butterfly Child. And that's that. 
Uh, okay, let me see. Next question. Um, why did you want to write a book about Nikki's struggles? Um, well, you know, when, when Nikki was born and before him, when Alex was still born, I felt, you know, totally alone. I wanted normal. I wanted normalcy. Um, and life dealing with a child with an orphan disorder is lonely. Um, and it was hard to find somebody that really understood me because all the different forms of EB are so different. And uh, it was hard to find uh, support, doctors that knew how to care, properly care for him. And so I had to learn to care for him uh, through trial and error. Um, and, uh, I feel like by writing the book, maybe I can help somebody you know, out there. Maybe I can um, give somebody some hope because I do have hope. And so I wanted to instill that in there. I never gave up on Nikki. Nikki says he's never going to give up on himself. And so that's how we move forward with that. Um, What was the hardest part about writing the book? Um, Well, without a doubt, is reliving everything. There were times that I was so upset uh, just remembering all this stuff. I had to stop writing and it would take me a week or a month or longer to be able to go back to it again sit down and and continue writing um and also finding time to write to begin with was difficult i would try to sit down at least a couple of times a week to write things so that was hard uh let me see next um did you learn anything from writing your book and what was it well i learned a lot about myself in the process of writing this book. Um, in, a, in a way, uh, the book has saved me by helping me put things into perspective. Um, and so that, that was a great gift. Uh, let me see, what makes your book unique? Well, I read a lot of biographies, a lot of people that have been through a lot of struggles um, with disabled children and like. And I, I found that most memoirs steer clear of talking about financial struggles almost as if they were embarrassed. And I was embarrassed about my bankruptcy because of the medical bills for many, many years. Um, And then I decided, you know what, this is part of my journey. Um, um, This is part of of, of what happened to me. And so I need to put this down to to give a complete complete picture of what went on. You know, I needed to be brutally honest. And, And so... I had to convey my feelings, so that's what I did. And so I, I, I tried to keep it as raw and real as possible, and that was my ultimate goal for the book. Um, you see, how did you come up with the title? Well, children with EB are called the butterfly children because their skin is as fragile as a butterfly's wing, and so um, that was just, you know, normal, of course, a lot of moms of boys with EB feel like dragonflies are more like it, but that's not what e- children with EB are called. Um, so I just kept a butterfly child. Um, I subtitled the book A Journey rather than a story because this is more than a story, tale of what I did to cope, what I did to have hope, and how I dealt with things in general. So that's, that was my journey. Um, you see, is there a message in your book that you want readers to grasp? Um well, things are barely what they seem on the outside. Uh, on the surface, people may put a happy face while deep inside they're suffering a great deal. Just recently, I was talking to this gentleman, and um, 
he was asking me a different things. And after he found out about Nikki and E.B. and then my first baby was stillborn and my husband, all the strokes and everything else, he was like, why are you smiling? And that kind of, you know, that kind of made me think for a second, you know, like, because I think we're alive. Why spend a day crying when I could be smiling, you know? And Nikki and I try to laugh as much as possible. And so um, the message is have hope, just smile, you know? It just, it's your normal. This is our normal. Let's just, let's take it, accept it, and move on. Um, who designed the cover? Well, actually, I made the cover in one of my graphic design classes when I was still in college a few years ago. And um, so I like the book. I like the cover. So I should have picked a different photo for, of Nikki because that photo is not very clear. I have a lot more better pictures of Nikki than that. But that when he was standing and instead of sitting on his power chair and, you know, as a mom, I want to see him standing. So I like that one. Um, anyway, what are your favorite writers? Um I don't know if I have a favorite writer, um, basically because I've been obsessed with biographies since I can remember. So I've read all sorts of life stories from a variety of different writers. I'm just now getting into some fictions. I like the way Nicholas Sparks writes, for example, because it's not too complicated. Um, but um, basically, yeah, just uh, nobody in particular. What books have influenced your life the most? Um, well, uh, I've read some biographies that have really made me stop and think. Um, one of them was Patty Duke uh, and her struggle with bipolar in her childhood. Um, that was really crazy. And another one was Sally Jesse Raphael's and her love of travel. She would do anything um sacrifice everything to travel and it's probably because that's how I am I will go to buy my clothes at the thrift store but darn it I'm going to save money to go to Italy you know that's how I am that's exactly how I am um but the three books that have changed my life and the way of thinking in general are what happened when bad things happen to bad people by Harold Kushner and also uh many lives many masters by Brian Weiss and another one of my favorite books is Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. They really helped me realize that um, um, I'm here for a reason. I'm here. I chose this life, and I, I got to make the best of it. Um, I got to make a difference. And lastly, any future projects? Well, I'm just happy to have finished Butterfly Child because it took me forever. It's a very thick book. Uh, for those that have the actual uh, paperback, um, it's a thick book. It's over 400 pages. And I actually chose, um, it was over 400 pages before I, I chose a different formatting that may put it down to 420, whatever. So it's it's a thick book. There's a lot to read. I wrote everything I possibly could about E.B. And so just for me to have finished that, that book was 20 years in the work, was just monumental. Um, however, Nikki's life didn't end. Nikki's life keep, keeps going, and I hope it never ends. And so our journey continues. We have hope. There is more trials coming up. I hope he can participate in those. Um, there's a lot of things going on. I have, I have visions uh, for Nikki's life, 
And so I keep, I'm going to continue writing Nikki's story and my journey. Um, another book is not on the horizon anywhere soon. It's several years into the future at best, maybe another 10 years. Um, and so I'm going to keep writing, and I'm going to try to keep raising awareness as much as I can because that's that's what I feel really drawn to. i got to make a dent somehow. So, and that's it. Um, and that's it for today. I actually spoke 25 minutes, which is amazing. I have a couple of uh, great guests that I'm planning uh, to ask if see if they want to be my uh, guest uh, for the next couple of months. And I'm sure they'll say yes. Everybody's um, excited about this show. So uh, thank you so much for listening to Butterfly Talk. If you'd like to be a guest, please send me a message either on the Blog Talk radio page for the show or on my AB Info World Facebook page. That is the best way to get in touch with me. Until next month, ciao.